from Icarus to the Wright brothers, humankind has forever been fervently fascinated with flight and the freedom we feel when we fly. Aircraft tirelessly transport people and goods on a daily basis, keeping our world connected 24-7, 365. Most of all, it has made our enormous Earth much more manageable and accessible to anyone. This is the final boarding call for flight FYI-109er. Get ready for takeoff. We'll explore the amazing arena of aviation on this week's episode of FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English. You got it. Hello, 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 my amigos, and welcome to this, another exciting episode of FYI. For your English, the show where we explore a wide range of different topics and we explore tons of different things in English every week. Remember, you can listen to this show wherever you listen to podcasts. And a quick thank you to all of you. Wow. Oh, man. I am thrilled to the gills. We just celebrated a one-year birthday. That's right. FYI turned one year old, and I couldn't be happier. We've hit almost 110,000 downloads, hundreds of positive reviews, and I want to thank you guys so much, uh, not just for following, but for getting what I'm doing. Por piar lo que hago aquí. And remember, guys, if you want bonus content, you can join our curious community over on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. And you can have access to bonus content every week. You can get PDFs with all the vocabulary and expressions that you'll hear in every episode. And you can get weekly and monthly classes with me. You can find out more at patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. And I'd like to take a moment to thank my patrons because this show would not be possible without them. So thank you to all my patrons and a big shout out to my super duper students, Javier, Francisco, Tony, Roberto, Jose Maria, Mila, Alex, Patricio, Edgar, and Loles. And don't forget about my interstellar students, Carmen, Diego, Pilar, and Diana. You guys rock. And I decided since this week, it's really a very special episode for me because it is one of my hobbies. I am a total av geek. That's right, an aviation geek. We are called av geeks out there in the world. That's right. <laughs> hey, I don't mind. Call me whatever you will. I don't mind at all. In fact, I believe if you're going to be a geek, you got to go all the way. So today I've decided to give away, regalar, that's right, the bonus content for free. So guys, enjoy it, and I've got another surprise for you as well, but I'll tell you that surprise at the end of the first part, but since I'm so excited about today's topic, I've decided to make it free for that reason and another one which I will not uncover until the end of this first part. And let me clear something up. Today, we're going to really generally focus on 
commercial aviation. That's right. I just want to remind you that there's a lot of other kinds of aviation out there. You've got general, which is more hobbies and things like that. Cargo, which has become very, very important lately, and those numbers have expanded. Military aviation, unmanned, sin piloto. So this is an ever-growing, ever-changing industry. But at the same time, we're going to focus on the one that we, I think, the general public is the most familiar with, and that's commercial aviation. So let's take a look at the intro, because as always, I like to put a lot of info in the intro to make sure you guys learn a lot of English right from the get-go, desde el primer momento. So I said, from Icarus to the Wright brothers, from Icarus to the Wright brothers, los hermanos Wright, Humankind, la humanidad, has forever been fervently. Now, fervently is a saco, a tope, fascinated with flight and the freedom we feel when we fly. And I want to look at that word because some of my students mix up the word fly and the word flight. So flight is el vuelo and to fly is volar. Then I said aircraft tirelessly, eso es eh, sin cansarse, because they don't really complain too much, aircraft tirelessly transport, transportar, people and goods, and goods is mercancía, on a daily basis. That's another way of saying a diario. And it keeps our world connected 24-7, 365. And that's true. Some airports close, but other ones are open 24-7. And remember the time zones thing. So even if there's an airport closed in the United States, there's another one that's open in China. Then I said, most of all, it has made our enormous earth much more manageable. And I want to pronounce that word together. Manageable. It's a difficult one to manage. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. And accessible. Hey, there's another difficult word to pronounce. Accessible to anyone. And then we heard those airport chimes, which I love. They, were, they just remind me of going on vacation. Remember, Americans say to go on vacation... And the British say to go on holiday, but you've got to say it with a British accent. And then I said, this is the final boarding call for FYI Flight 109er. And it's funny because a lot of times when you talk about communication over a radio signal, we say 109er. It's, it's just a funny little joke that we have. But of course, our call sign, our call sign is nuestro número de vuelo, e información de vuelo. Our call sign is FYI 109er, and this is the final boarding call. Y eso no es algo que quieres oír, al menos fuera del avión, porque significa que ya no van a avisar más. And as many of you guys know, I think even Madrid, this airport does not do boarding calls. So pay attention. I think, I think it's a good idea because I don't need to hear when every flight is having its last or final boarding call. Be responsible. <laughs> Take a look. <laughs> and then I said, get ready for takeoff. Listos para despegue. We'll explore the amazing arena of aviation. So amazing, you know that word. I use that adjective quite a bit. Arena es arena, mundo, no? Of aviation. Are you guys excited? I am. Oh, and I totally forgot. I mentioned the Wright brothers, but I wanted to look at 
Icarus. Uh, you say Icaro, if I'm not mistaken. The one who flew cl too close to the sun? Well, in English, it's Icarus, which is where this episode started. And I th thought it was a good place to start. But uh, as I said, we're going to talk about aviation today. And again, when we talk about aviation, I want to clear something up. We're not just talking about pilots and flight attendants, but there's a, a whole world associated with the travel sector, from travel agents to programmers, ticket agents, customs, aduanas, all the airport staff, hotels, restaurants. I mean, it feeds so many other industries. And I think uh, something that made that blatantly evident was when we saw during the corona crisis or whatever you want to call it, when aviation came to a standstill, the world came to a standstill. And thank God that all those planes were flying around and they were full of cargo. And that was an interesting story. I'm sure you guys have seen this on social media. But a lot of those planes that were passenger planes were converted to freighters. A freighter is a plane that carries freight or cargo because they said, well, there are no passengers, but we need to move medical supplies around. So I thought that was really cool how the aviation industry continued to be the lifeblood of the world. Even when it was supposedly stopped at a standstill, there was still planes flying every day with crucial and vital supplies uh, to get them all around the world wherever they're needed. And just to give you an idea of how big this industry is, I wanted to take a look at some stats. So here's a, a stat that I was pretty astounded by. Uh, as far as revenue, ingresos, the global aviation industry grew are you ready for this? At a compound annual growth of around 5.3%. And that was between 2009 and 2019. Now remember, this was a strange year, so this year will throw off all the statistics. But the translation there is that aviation is a surefire winner. It's always growing. That does not mean it's easy to make a buck in aviation. A lot of airlines go under to go under is uh, estar en bancarrota. So that's something to, to think about as well. We think, oh, wow, it's such a powerful industry and it brings in, you know, $838 billion. Yeah, okay. And remember, billion is mil millones. But also remember, this is a nonstop industry that so many people are involved in. I'm not saying you should start up your own airline, but maybe investing in aviation in some way, if you're a person who invests, I'm not a big investor, it's a business that grows exponentially. And uh, as I said, in 2019, the industry uh, brought in 838 billion US dollars. Now let's translate that into other numbers. That means that roughly, roughly es más o menos, 100,000 flights take off and land every day all around the globe. 100,000, 100,000 vuelos. Now the average length of a flight is two hours or so. So if you do the math, that means that six million people are flying somewhere every day. And as I just said, those numbers are just going up. And as I said, in the transport industry too, that has gone up 
incredibly. So it's a, an industry that is on the up and up. And on the up and up means it's getting better. It's growing constantly. As I said, we have to put aside, dejar a un lado, uh, the last year because of, well, what happened in the world. But the cargo industry grew. So you could say, you could argue that aviation, in fact, grew during a global pandemic. But as always here on the show, we like to go back to where it all began, back to where it all started. And we're going to Kitty Hawk in the United States, where two brothers, the Wright brothers, I'm sure you know their name. I'm sure it rings a bell. Well, these guys, they got the first plane off the ground on December 17th, 1903. And that is a feat that everybody around the world recognizes. In fact, there are very few people that debate the Wright brothers being the first ones to have achieved the first powered aircraft, the first successful airplane. And most people won't debate that. Now, the telephone, that's a different debate. Ask Italians, they'll tell you it was Marconi. Ask Americans, they'll say it was Alexander Graham Bell. But here, not too many people dispute this one. And an interesting thing about the Wright brothers is they were bicycle guys. Yeah, their business was bicycles. And if you take a look at the Wright Flyer, their first prototype, the first plane that flew, you'll see bicycle parts on it. So it's actually quite interesting that in their shop, they said, well, we know we do bikes and those are fun, but let's see if we can get a bike that flies. And if you think about it, that's kind of what they were thinking. And I said, almost everybody agrees. There are some people that debate this, and that is our amigos in Brazil. If you ask a Brazilian person, they will say that Alberto Santos Dumont was the first successful aviator. Yeah, well, because they claim that the Wright Flyer, the plane that the Wright brothers first flew, took off from a rail, que usó un rail. And so they, he says that, that that doesn't count, and that in that case, it was Alberto Santos Dumont who really invented the airplane, and I was going to say aviation. Yeah, really, they by inventing the airplane, they kind of invented aviation. Have you guys heard the joke? If two wrongs don't make a right, what do two rights make? And this is an expression in English we say, when somebody does something bad to you, the idea is not to seek revenge because two wrongs don't make a right. O sea, dos malos no hacen un bueno. So, here's the joke now that you know the expression. If two wrongs don't make a right, what do two rights make? The first airplane. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. Hey, I tried. It's a classic one, but uh, yeah, I, I know it's a bad one. All right. So uh, that rivalry between Brazil and Americans and the rest of the world. But that's not the only rivalry, rivalidad, in aviation. As many of you know, I'm sure two names that ring a bell are Boeing and Airbus. And those are the big boys. It's Boeing, the USA, versus Airbus, uh, the European giant. But before that, uh, there were other aviation companies. In fact, one of the most famous ones was McDonnell Douglas. They created some of the most amazing planes ever. 
But in 1997, there was a, a merger with Boeing. But I, I don't know why they called it a merger. A merger is una fusión. I think it was more of an acquisition. Because, okay, I know some, the MD-80, you know, some of these planes still fly, these McDonnell Douglas planes, but you don't hear that name anymore. So let's put it this way. Boeing bought McDonnell Douglas. ¿Y os suena McDonnell Douglas de algo? The DC-10, DC-10, that's right. So even though you don't hear about them now, you couldn't talk about early aviation without talking about McDonnell Douglas. But as I said, now they're owned by Boeing. So there are two masters in the aviation industry, and that's Boeing and Airbus. All the smaller companies were bought out by those companies. But again, you couldn't talk about aviation and the legacy, el legado, without talking about these companies. Oh, and don't think China is not working on their own. Of course, they have their own plane too. It's called called the Comac, that's the manufacturer, it's the Comac C919, so that's right. Now, you don't hear much about them. We don't buy many of them over here in the West, in el Occidente, because, well, think about it. Why is Europe going to spend money over in China when they can spend money in Europe? But that's not always true because a lot of American airlines, I don't mean the brand, but I mean American airlines, a lot of them use, uh, I was going to say Boeing, use Airbus planes and vice versa. You'll see a lot of American brands using Airbus and a lot of European brands using Boeing. I mean, it's, it's about getting a good deal. In the end, the aviation industry is like any other business. A ver quién me da el mejor chollo. I think recently, uh, IAG, which is the uh, Iberia group, that's Iberia, Aer Lingus, all these guys, they recently bought uh, 737 Maxes, which uh, those are American planes, son aviones Americanos. Did I say AIG? I think it's IAG. Yeah, yeah, it's International Consolidated Airlines Group. Yeah, I always get confused with those acronyms, but they are a huge group. It's Aer Lingus, it's British Airways, it's Iberia. So you're thinking they've got to buy European planes. Well, that's not the case. They've just put in an order for tons of American planes. So who's going to give me a better deal? We couldn't talk about airplanes without talking about safety or accidents, however you want to look at it. I look at accidents as, well, that planes are just that much safer. Uh, you know, this is something that you hear. Uh, unfortunately, we still hear about plane crashes and accidents, but it's, uh, it's less and less every day. We hear about this or these kind of stories few and far between, no? Uh, con poca frecuencia. So that's good news, although we still hear about them. But remember this, every accident that happens makes the next flight even safer. The sad part is, unfortunately, lives get lost. But sometimes there are mistakes. What I've noticed is it's usually a chain of events. 
You know, uh, it's engineers that, oh, that metal doesn't work there, or that metal fatigued. So that's why they have uh, like the NTSB, the National Transportation Safety Bureau, that investigate these. And one warning you never want to hear, and you'll never hear it because you're, you're not in the cockpit. Tú no estás en la cabina. But one of the warnings that the plane will give you if it's going to crash, it will say, terrain, pull up, terrain, pull up and later on we're going to hear how planes talk to the pilot yeah that's right you're saying what that's right planes are so automatic that they talk to you just like your phone and siri or alexa or whoever your personal assistant is so what are the odds ¿Qué es la probabilidad? what are the odds that you are going to get killed in a plane crash well, the annual risk of being killed in a plane crash for the average American, okay, I looked at an American study, was about 1 in 11 million. That's right, 1 in 11 million people. That's your chances. Yeah, that's pretty small. I don't think, I mean, it could, anything can happen, but the chances are slim, as we say. Now, the annual risk of being killed in a motor vehicle crash for the average American, remember, we're talking about an American study, that was about one in 5,000. So, car crash, one in 5,000. Plane crash, one in 11 million. I don't know about you, but I feel safer in a plane. And we didn't talk about this either. Another thing I wanted to mention, Planes are getting, well, it depends. If they're trying to save money, which many are, as I said, it's a business, they're trying to cut corners. Well, some planes are getting less and less comfortable. You have less leg room every day, but other airlines are focusing on something called PAX-X. You can Google it or you can you know, search the hashtag, and this is passenger experience. So it's not the same. You can fly on the same plane with Iberia, and the same plane with American Airlines, and because of the configuration and because of their policies, it's a completely different experience. So that's something to look into, a little tip for you on your next trip. Look at the passenger experience because, well, some airlines, as we know, Emirates and these, that is, it seems like at least, their sole focus, sole siendo único. I remember I flew with Emirates. I flew on the Airbus A380, which is just a monster. That's the double-decker. And I remember I, I felt like a king. My wife and I, we were we were in coach. Coach is clase normal, uh, you know, economy class or coach class. And we felt like kings. So that's a, you know, that's a one way. And you got, you got that model and then you got the low-cost model, which, hey, People, uh, people are saying, you know, I'd rather pay less money and not be treated so nice. Uh, that's up to you. I guess it depends on how long the flight is as well. Uh, Ryanair, one of their tricks, Ryanair and, and many low-cost models, one of their tricks is they use the same plane. So their fleet, it's made up of the same exact plane. In the case of Ryanair, it's the 737. Now they have the 737-800. You know, they have different models within that model. But they only operate the 737. And again, if they're trying to cut corners or trying to save money, well, then that makes sense because, well, think about maintenance, mantenimiento. Think about training the pilots because just because you fly uh, a 737 doesn't mean you can fly a 767 or an Airbus A350 or whatever. Those are called type ratings. So it's easier. It just makes things 
easier. So you've got everything out there. You know, you've got the most luxurious experiences, you know, these suites that they have, and you've got low cost where, you know, you can barely fit your your legs into the seat. And, you know, your carry-on suitcase is like on top of you or on the floor. I mean, it's it's madness, but we've all been there. And speaking of luxury and passenger experience, uh, we're not going to talk too much about it because we're running out of time, but airport Man, I remember airports used to be functional things like take a look at the airport, uh, you know, buy a newspaper. And now it's like these beautiful, luxurious airports. Uh, speaking of Changi, uh, Changi Airport is the one in Singapore. I actually flew there on the A380, as I just mentioned, with Emirates. And there is a waterfall. There is a movie theater. There's a spa in this hotel. Hotel, mira, le llamo hotel. It doesn't seem like an airport. So we're seeing this trend. We're seeing these airports that are just beautiful spaces with tons of amenities, shopping, and all of this is, as I said before, it translates into more jobs. We can do an entire episode on airports, but I'll give you two, two quick little facts over here. Now, the busiest airport in the world for many, many, many years on end was Hartsfield Jackson Airport. That's translated into English, Atlanta Airport. I've been there. It's huge. And they had 970,000 airplane movements in one year. But it has been dethroned. Recently, it was dethroned by Guangzhou Bayun International Airport, which is now the world's busiest airport. So I think uh, we could do a whole episode just on airports and how they've changed and adapted throughout the years. Aviation is ever-changing. But what are we looking at now? What does aviation look like nowadays? Well, now two of the most modern commercial airliners are the Boeing 787, a.k.a. also known as the Dreamliner, and the Airbus A350. These are kind of the most popular planes right now on the market. Not so much the most sold planes because, well, everybody has a different demand. Remember, planes, they usually break them into two categories, wide body and single aisle. It makes sense, doesn't it? Single aisle tiene un pasillo and the wide bodies have two aisles. So it depends on what the airline needs. Remember, if you get a a plane that's too big and you don't fill that plane, you've got a problem. And that's what happened with that A380, that monster that was just such a a modern marvel. Es una maravilla moderna. But it just was too big. And to fill that plane 500 plus seats, it's a hard task. So right now you're seeing these jumbo jets, these big jets, they're falling out of favor. And just think about it because, you know, if you can have two engines and do the, sh- the same job on two engines, then four engines, well, you know what? I think I'm going to go with two engines. Well, as we said before, we got to cut costs. An engine can cost eight to $10 million, just the engine. Let's not talk about the maintenance. So that's another reason, and obviously, to save on fuel. So that's that's one of the things we're seeing now and in the future. That's why this 787 and this A350 are such modern airplanes. They're made of this carbon fiber reinforced polymer. Now, before, airplanes were made of exclusively aluminum. But this stuff is more durable. It doesn't corrode 
and it's lighter. It's lighter. And what does lighter mean? Lighter means it uses less fuel. So you're seeing uh, these composite materials. And there's another thing that these composite materials do too, because every time a plane goes through a cycle, a cycle is a takeoff and a landing. When it pressurizes and depressurizes, lo llaman a cycle, well, that takes its toll on the plane, on the frame or the fuselage. Pasa factura. And if it's metal, well, you're going to get fatigue. But if it's this carbon fiber plastic stuff, well, that's not such a big problem. And that's why the 787, for example, I flew on the 787 and the A350. I haven't flown on it yet, but I'm, I'm itching to. But uh, there's 25% more humidity in the air on board. And before, you were thinking, well, you know, sometimes when you get off the plane, don't you feel like, you know, your throat is dry and your eyes are scratchy? Yeah, because they can't put too much humidity in there because we're talking about metal and metal rusts. But because of this, they've been able to increase the humidity in the air. And does it work, guys? That and lighting and manipulating our senses. My wife, she, she'll attest to this. When we came back from Miami on the 787 Dreamliner, it was the first time in my life that I did not feel jet lag. It was incredible. And we're going to wrap up with the A350. Since I haven't flown on the A350 yet, well, we're going to do it right now. We are going to land in an A350. Vamos a aterrizar. I'm going to take you guys into the cockpit, and we are going to go right down onto the runway, and we'll get ready for part two of the show, the bonus part, which, as I said, today is free for everybody. And you want to know the surprise now? My dad will be joining me in the second part of the show. I am so psyched to have my dad here with me because he is the reason I love aviation. It's his fault. As we say, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So I'm going to be chatting with my dad about our early memories and aviation experiences. So you're not going to want to miss the bonus part of today's show. And as I said, since it's free for everybody, we'll just stay tuned. But right now, guys, we've got to focus because we're on final approach. It's time to land. So we're going to get on this A350. That's right, the A350, the modern one, which, as I said, in May, I was supposed to visit my family and I was going to fly on it. But you know what? We'll do it here virtually together. So folks, oh, and uh, I'll warn you, I'll tell you a little bit about what you're going to hear because, well, aviation has its own jargon. But in general, you're going to hear the distance from the ground. 40, 50, 60, you know, well, actually it goes, it's a countdown. You're getting closer to the ground as you approach the runway. Well, they call it final approach and approach significa acercarse. And then you'll hear a command and it says, retard, retard. Now, this is not the plane insulting the pilots. I'll warn you now. And that's a word I don't recommend you use anyway. But in aviation, 
It means to reduce the throttle. Reducir el acelerador. Nunca me sale esa palabra. So, guys, uh, I got to focus here because we're going to land any moment now. So, everybody, buckle up. We are coming in for a landing. Minimum. Continue. I told you guys he was coming. I told you he was going to be on board. Pun intended. That's right, guys. The reason I love aviation, the reason you always hear me mentioning 747s and Boeing and Airbus and the reason that I am such a geek. Well, it had to come from somewhere and the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, the man who is responsible, not just for my love of aviation, but for my love of learning, for my curiosity. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my dad. What a special guest. Diego Alonso. Thank you, Alberto. Wow, what a pleasure to have you here on the show, Dad, and to talk about our favorite topic, right? Thank you for having me over. Well, I know that uh, you're a person who has always loved aviation. And as I said earlier in the episode, for you and me, aviation, planes, they're not just uh, aluminum or carbon composite. But for us, they're bridges. They're gateways that connect our families and our loved ones. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how your love for aviation started? Like, what sparked your love for aviation as a young boy, Dad? Uh, the first time I went to a fair, I saw, like, a glow floating on the air, and I was 40 at all. And to me, that was fascinating to see that. Something just flying on the air like that, like a little man. So it was yeah. a globe, you said. Uh, so something from nature or something, a, a child's toy. It was on the festival, they used to put one of these balloons and they looked like men and they were made of paper and then they put some smoke and that looked beautiful. It looked like a man walking on the sky, you know? So I was fascinated with that. That was the first time it brought mutation to aviation, really. And so it wasn't the actual plane, but it was the idea of flight, kind of like... The idea of flight, right? Seeing somebody moving on the air, like that was fascinating to me. And I know, Dad, that you've always, speaking of flight and the inspiration for every plane we've ever seen, I know you're a bird lover, too. Did that start around the same time? Did you discover that love of flight, aviation slash birds around the same time? Uh, basically, this in time, uh, about four or five, I was always 
playing with birds. To this day, my day start watching birds, feeding them. It's like a transcendental feeling for the nature. Sure, sure. It connects you with nature. I know you're a nature lover. Totally perfect. Yes. yes. That's, that's another thing I got from you, my love of nature, my love of planes. And so I guess it was a toy, but then I guess there were more things. What other things uh, helped you kind of fall in love or, as we say, get bit by the aviation bug? Well, when I was living in the farm, I was basically... The only kid there, the other were younger than me. I was five, so there were two or three. Mm-hmm. And we were on the uh, route where plane would fly to Murcia. Oh. So every day we have a plane flying by. And I could visualize what was going on, how we'd be looking from up there, you know? So it was like a fascination every day at the same time that they would pass by. <laughs> right, right. You you were under what look Yaman the flight path. And that must be yes. amazing because let's put it in context. How, what year was this? This was in a little village, a little hamlet in Almeria. What year are we talking, Dad, roughly? Wow, it has to be around 1951-52. So just seeing anything flying at that time, because it wasn't even commonplace to see planes flying and being from where you were, it must have blown your mind. Well, it was, I could visualize like what they would see from up there and the feeling of, of, of moving on there. It was fascinating. Right. By my area, we are on a desert. So when you go into a mountain, you kind of see forever and ever. Sure. And I know uh, some of your family members, or should I say our family members, our ancestors actually saw the planes, the Palomares planes, uh, which are military planes. They're not commercial planes. So, uh, I guess Spain is no stranger being where it is located as well to air traffic. Yes, the position that we are is like a pathway for airplane. And this airplane in the 1960s, early 1960s, they were flying from Seville to Turkey, I understand. Oh. So like every night and minute, they would be passing by day and night. Right. So we, yes, we kind of knew the schedule. Right. And, and and you know what? I think you didn't even know the word back then, but you that was your early days of plane spotting, wasn't it? Yes, indeed. And, now- and what, I'm going to share something with you. One day working on the farm, I was a little kid. Uh, I had like a sonic boom. At that time, I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. But everybody started screaming, what was that? What was that? <laughs> and then we hear a plane passing by. So then we gathered that it was a sonic boom. But I dropped my tools on the floor and started running. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can imagine a sonic boom is scary, even, <laughs> even if you know what it is. But if you don't know what it is, it must have really been surprising. Now, did you ever imagine, Dad, when you were looking up at those planes, Two things. A, that you would be flying on those planes and seeing that same view yourself. And B, that you would be able to, using your smartphone and an app, be able to determine what kind of plane it is, where it's going. And I know you're like me. And when I look up at the sky and I I use my app, 
I say, oh, these people are going from Madrid to Cancun. I am, and I start to imagine the lives of the people. Are they going on vacation? Some are going on business. And when you think about aviation like that, as I said, it becomes so much deeper than just a plane flying around doing a route. It's connecting people. It's something, uh, it's in me, it's something like part of me. I'm part of it, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I had that fascination for it. And did you ever and, uh, know yeah. that you could be like see the specific plane, uh, you know, in real time? Did you ever imagine that when you were in, you know, in the '60s when when you first got into aviation? Not even on a dream. <laughs> right, right. It's incredible, isn't it? And I'm a dreamer. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You're open-minded. I've been on most of them. I had the privilege of film right from the cabin. Mm -hmm. From the DC three to constellation, name it. <laughs> we, talked, we actually talked about the D three, the DC three in the first part, and uh, this is you know one of the most amazing aircraft yes. ever ever created. So you've had the pleasure of being on some amazing aircraft, but you know what I want to yes. know. Which was the one that popped your cherry? Que te inauguró, como decimos. What was your first well, flight? The queen of the sky, the 747. To me, that was a fascinating airplane. Fascinating. Was that, was that your first flight, though? Or was it a 707? No. The 707 was my first flight uh -huh. from TWA. Uh, the flight would start on Rome, Madrid in the New York. Okay. So that was fascinating. After that, everything changed. I no longer was from Marchal. I became like kind of international. <laughs> your world, as I said earlier, it opened up your world. You saw the possibilities. And not only that, you met other people, you heard other languages, you tasted other totally. And so I could, uh, Yes. Go on, go on. Yeah, I could no longer be a Spaniard or American. Uh, the world became like a village. Right. <laughs> that was what they did. Well, the 707, too. I mean, what a great first plane to fly on. Wow. 707. I mean, that ushered in the jet age, really. Yeah. A fascinating plane. I looked at many, many times after that until the 747 came, you know. And you know what's interesting? Here's the connection. The 707 was your first plane. My first yes. plane was the 747, <laughs> which is both of our favorite plane. And guys, wow. at the end of the show, my father and I are going to talk you through a 747 jumbo jet going through <laughs> its takeoff rotation. So that's going to be a lot of fun at the end of the show. But I'm sure we've had some really amazing memories together. You know, you have probably earlier ones than I do, but I could swear we used to go to JFK and we would make a day of it when your mother, my grandmother, mama would come yes. to Spain or any family member. We would go to the airport, JFK I'm referring to, hours earlier with picnic. I mean, tell us, tell me a little bit about those days where you would take me because those are the days where I started getting bit by the bug because when a 747 <laughs> when a 747 takes off over your head I don't care who you are you are going to be affected <laughs> yes 
Yes. Tell me about those days when we would go to JFK, because obviously I was very young and I'd love to hear more about those uh, excursions. And I was always, uh, I remember being in the car before you, like, I'm ready. Let's go see plane. Yeah, yes. pick up my mom, you know? Yes. So what we used to do, uh, we'll take like a picnic day, at least once a month or at least every two months. And we will pack our food and... Pan America used to have like a terminal and you could park on top. So on the roof, you were right on top of the 747. You could almost touch things, how close oh, they wow. were. So I will bring a hand radio mm-hmm. and I will track the plane. It was fascinating. We have uh, binoculars. You and Natalia will come along, right? And mm-hmm. it was just a splendid day running around there all day. Yeah, that's what that's one of the things I love about you. Like somebody else would say, Oh, we gotta go sit in traffic and go to JFK because everybody knows there's no, no easy way to get to JFK. No. <laughs> J- no. But no, we made it like como se dice, we made a day of it. And you said we're gonna yeah. go we're gonna go look at planes. We're going to pick up your grandmother, which, so that's another thing too. I associated plane spotting with being reunited with families. Every time I saw a plane, I was flying to Spain to spend the summer with my family. So I can't imagine my life without planes and without aviation. And it's all because of those trips to JFK. Another thing that you got me into, and you still go with mom, air shows. (laughs) Total fascination. <laughs> that is the mastery, is the brain of the man taking over a machine and doing it. <laughs> like here I am doing like a bird, you know, it's fascinating. <laughs> it's almost a way of conquering nature and saying, oh, I my God. Fly, you know? That's it's, fascinating. It's such a. It's, it's like we take the brain, our brain, and put it in that machine and do with it whatever we want. It's, it's beyond fascination. <laughs> Right. And how it's connected the world and, and everybody around us. And I remember going to the air shows with you. And one of the great things about the air shows were one of the great, you know, the the great things about people in this industry, I was going to say pilots, but really anybody in this industry, they love to talk about what they do. They love to get questions from the kids. I remember the, (laughs) you know, the kids saying how fast and the blue angels, you want to touch the, they really people who love aviation i mean they've got it in their blood and and i'm not as i said i'm not just talking about pilots i'm talking about baggage handlers people like me who when they smell jet fuel get all excited yes you do so what uh, what uh, air shows what what are some of the the air shows we went to as a child i do remember seeing the world famous blue angels i remember seeing um fat albert which was their plane which has rocket engines the harrier remember that one what makes the harrier now we're going off the topic of commercial aviation but dad what makes the harrier such a special plane i remember what? that like it was yesterday it's, it's just a fascination the way it just get up like that you know from any place i behind any tree it's just the ultimate. <laughs> well, one of the most important things is runway space. You know, you, you need Surely, an A340, for example, a plane that's basically obsolete now, needs so much runway to take off and land. But these, 
Uh, these can take off on a dime, como decimos, like a helicopter. So for the military, obviously, it's got its purposes. But when you see this, you know, my wife, obviously, she knows I'm sick. You know, I love aviation. Yeah. She took me to an air show. It's called the Royal Air Tattoo. And Dad, wow. I, you were there with me. I, I swear to God, you were there with me, even though you were in New York. <laughs> I was in England. And, but you know what the most amazing thing was? And I think this is something, this is my challenge for all the listeners, everybody who's here right now. Go to an air show. If you don't get bit by the bug, then, uh, then, air, then aviation is not for you. But once you see, Diana, my wife said, what an amazing community. Everybody's sharing and smiling and taking pictures and trading email. And, and she said, what a great community of people. And as I said, it's everything from engineers to artists to travel agents to to so many different people that uh, that the aviation industry touches. So uh, air shows. I can't wait. We've got to plan another air show. And should we tell the listeners about our plan the next time I'm in the United States? Definitely, yes. What is our plan? <laughs> tell, them, tell them about this new, well, new uh, hotel with not such a new concept. Well, you tell me. <laughs> I, I believe it's TWA, right? I, it's not TWA terminal. That was always our stepway in the United States, our first touch of the United States, TWA. Right. It was up like, and away, TWA. That was the slogan, up, up, and away, TW. Well, TWA, again, oh. for many people, is a gateway, but they had a terminal, a very famous terminal at JFK oh, Airport. And the thing is, they just remodeled this uh, this terminal or rebuilt it, uh, and it's kind of a throwback, un tributo, to like this 1960s, 1970s style. And you can spend the night at this hotel that looks like an aviation terminal, and you can see planes. So I told my dad, the next time I'm in the United States, uh, we are going to stay there together. And I have a feeling my wife is just going to leave us, uh, you know, to our to ourselves. <laughs> but you, know what, you know what I was thinking about, too, speaking, going back to air shows, mom and you recently, or maybe it was uh, a year or two ago, went to uh, an air show. And I have the pictures. I'll share them with the patrons And it's, it is incredible. Dad, the, the look on your face is like oh. a seven-year-old boy, a five-year-old boy discovering ice cream. True. It is. The, the, and that, I think, is the beauty. And that's what I want to leave people with here today. The beauty of aviation. The, again, moving past the, the engineering and the brilliance and all the, the amazing people that had to you know, put their heads together to do it. There's a human part behind it. There's a nature part behind it, as we said, talking about uh, how these planes imitate birds in the end. Oh, my God. Even beyond, bird <laughs> cannot do what planes do. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's, uh, we've got to say goodbye because we're running out of time here, but this has been amazing you know i i just can't wait to uh to continue to to build our relationship our aviation relationship our one of many uh facets that we have in common but uh, i want to say dad thank you thank you for being here thank you also for inspiring me and and making me not just be curious about planes and uh, but to be curious about everything and look up to the sky and ask questions and I, and i thank you for that i think that's something now with my daughter i'm teaching her 
It's a lot to learn. <laughs> you already does. Oh, she's, she's way ahead of me. Ya me tiene adelantado. Beautiful. <laughs> Fascinating. All right. So what I figured we would end today, vamos a acabar, we're going to end with uh, a 747. This is, as I said before in the episode, the plane that made aviation accessible to everyone, which in turn made the world accessible to everyone because it was such a monster, such a behemoth, behemoth, un, un monstro, no? And it's the 747, the Boeing 747. And I'm going to take you guys right now, my father and I, we're going to go into the cockpit, eh, a la cabina, and we are going to take off. To take off, as we said, is despegar. So let me explain what I'm going to do right now is explain what you guys are going to hear. So this way, when you hear it, you'll know what you're listening to, okay? Because remember, this is very specific jargon. Jargon is jerga técnica, but that's why I'm going to explain it to you. So he's being cleared for takeoff. To be cleared for takeoff is eh, listos para despegue, cleared for takeoff. And then ATC gives him clearance, and they say runway 22 left. And it's interesting because the runway might be 22, but we never say 22. Remember, as we said in, in English and with everything, communication, clear communication is the key. So runway 22 left, you'll hear him say. And dad, I, I thought this was an expression, uh, excuse me, an, an interesting thing yes. to express here, that the runway numbers have something to do with geography. Yes, indeed. The heading in which the plane is taken off, right. the degrees. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So runways are numbered from 01 to 36. You'll only see exactly those numbers so. because it's yep. from 01 to 360. So, Alberto, uh, yes. I'll add today we are going to be flying with Captain Kelly, Yuli Kelly, and a bunch of crew is coming aboard. All right, so a shout out to all my dad's friends. Dad, let's do a shout out to, to our patrons because you're a patron as well. The captain will be Lee Kelly. All right, so then what we say next, that what you'll hear is he gives the call sign. The call sign is when they say Iberia flight 475. It's funny because some have very comical call signs. Do you know the one, Dad, for British Airways, what their call sign is to ATC? No, Speedbird. <laughs> think, think about think about think about who had the Concorde. <laughs> okay, Aer Lingus. You're gonna love this one. Aer Lingus doesn't matter if they're flying to Madrid. They say Shamrock One Two Three Zero Niner. <laughs> um, the next one, another one too. I love this one. Um, Air Tran, which is Floridian. Uh, Citrus is their call sign. So it's <laughs> call sign and then the number, which, of course, they guys remember communication being key. They have to say that before every communication. Yes. Then yes. he says, you'll hear in the audio, he says thrust set. And the thrust is el empuje, no? <laughs> and you'll hear it. Listen, Claire, carefully. You will hear it. And then the engines start to spool up. This is a great word to know. And he says 80 knots. Now, remember, they use nudos, 80 knots. Then you'll hear him say something very, very important, and that's V1. And V1 
is a very important thing, which is the speed beyond which takeoff should no longer be aborted. So when the when they utter the phrase V1, there is no turning back. That's the translation. V2 is takeoff safety speed. He then says that once they're off the ground, he says V2. This is the speed at which the aircraft can climb safely with one engine operative. Inoperative, excuse me, which would mean one operative because many planes today have two engines. Now, Dad, do you know the speed? Uh, I wanted to look at the speed at which a commercial passenger jet cruises before we say goodbye. Wow. Uh, I would say about 900 kilometers an hour. You nailed it. Nine, the number I yes. have here is about sure. 926 kilometers per hour. It's about 400 sure. to 500 knots. Um, so that's wonderful. Now, commercial planes take off. It's not the same speed, but they take off at about 200 to 257 kilometers to 289 yes. kilometers per hour. Yes. It depends yes. on the plane. It depends on yes. the speed. There are so many factors that have to be calculated in there. Yes. And, uh, and then landings take place at about 241 to 265. So takeoffs and landings, we can say, are <laughs> around 250 kilometers per hour, just to give yep. you an idea. And then he says the most beautiful thing, the, the, the magic moment, as I say, rotate. And this, <laughs> this is when the plane lifts off the ground and yep. the magic moment happens. Then you'll hear the captain, the captain, we could say, and or the first officer, because it's a co-pilot, so you have pilot, yes, yes, pilot yes. Or captain and first officer. And then it, he's yes. positive rate of climb. Climb is the ascended. And then you'll hear another very important thing, gear up. And that's when the landing <laughs> gear is pulled up so that the plane can be more aerodynamic. So we're going to listen to this right now, but I wanted to give you guys, you know, just a little cheat sheet, just so you guys would be able to understand <laughs> jargon. All right. So my amigos, uh, dad, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. It's been a pleasure. My love to all. And guys, uh, I'll leave you with this thought as we get ready for takeoff. If you keep at it, your English will take off. To take off is just like a plane, to go to new heights. And just like in, in aviation, it will take you places and connect you with people and places along the way. Thank you so much for being here on this episode of FYI. We're ready for takeoff. Ciao.